Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We ain't stay at nine. Tune in every time. We don't do no cap. Report only facts. Practice report. We got the news. New interviews. We got the stats. Keep it a rack. Come join the pack. Know where we at. We ain't stay at nine. Tune in every time. The Progress Report. Yo, this is DJ Big X. And right now, man, I'm live right now. We're doing my thing on the Progress Report. All right, what's going on? It's your girl, Lala Shepard. Boss Brit, the most lit. DJ Excel, what's up with y'all? All right, <laughs> yes, with the switch up. <laughs> but we got a special guest in the building, man. We got the CEO of the Coalition DJs, DJ Big X yes, in the sir, building. Sir, sir. Big boss. Welcome to the show. What's up? Thank you. Absolutely, man. Y'all know I got to do my, my uh, introduction and background, you know, whenever it's a guest up here that's special, man. Um, you know, DJ Funky brought me into the Coalition DJs, and he was just like, you got to meet, you know, CEO Big X. I'm like, all right, cool. And, you know, Big X ain't played no games, you know what I mean? He was just mean and just straightforward. And, but I appreciate it, though. Like, I always learn, like, hella game from you, you know, directly, indirectly. He would tell me, like, nah, you need to, you need to pick it up, or you, need to, you, ain't, you ain't doing enough, you know, just, just little shit like that. So I've always paid attention, and I'm appreciative for all the stuff that we've done, and just thank you for, you know, thank taking you. me under your wing. So welcome. You're welcome. Yes, sir. Uh, welcome to the progress support. I'm, um, like I was saying today in my post, I'm, I'm, I'm actually proud of you. I know how long you've been doing this show and to see it go from sure. where you started at it to where you're at now. I'm really proud of what y'all done and what y'all Absolutely. Thank with you. this show. You know For sure. Thank you. For sure. Well, is we here now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, talk to the people. Just let everybody know what's, what's some of your titles because you do a lot of different Shit. things. And when did you get into the um, business? Man, I started in the business in um, – if I do that, I might tell my age. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> it is, what it is. Um, I, started, I started like in, I, I want to say like 90. Um, mm. I started out producing, I started out doing a group called the Hard Boys. Mm-hmm. And the Hard Boys was like the first rap group in Atlanta to ever do like gangster rap. Before that it we sound like a hard okay. boy, <laughs> right? But before that, we was doing like you know, um, you know, you had Shy D, Raheem the Dream, a lot of that shit. So sure. when we started, I started doing like I did like the first gangster album. Then after that, um, I started working with Dallas and uh, doing that process. Dallas I Austin. I work on a lot of different artists with him along along the way. Um, then I branched out. I had my first deal at like maybe twenty. I was 20 years old. Mm. So with production, when you say you working, are you talking right. about on producing. the pro- I was producing. Okay. I was, I was, I was, I was a DJ turned producer. Okay. Um, in high school, I was a DJ. And then as I, when I graduated from high school, I turned into a producer. Okay. Um, I worked with, I, I, I did pretty much like as a producer, I worked with pretty much everybody. I worked with De La Soul. I did, um, Too Short. I did Too Short from like 96 to about 2001. Crazy. Um, George Clinton, Blackstreet, mm. uh, Will Smith. I did, I, did, <laughs> I did a lot of people. You did so. get jiggy with it? <laughs> Big residuals. Nah, but, I, um, but, you know, that was just something I did. Then, then I worked at the label for a while. I worked at um, 
I ran Roddy for a little while. I, I mm. signed a lot of different artists um, over there. I had I had a group, part of the group y'all remember. I don't know if y'all remember the Backwoods. They had a group. Mm. Called, okay, I don't know. Um, if they I'm had here. a song called "I Don't Like the Look of It." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember right. that video with the Willy Wonka thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 And it'd be like, I don't. Like, it would say it would do it like I the Willy like Wonka type. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember okay. that. Yeah. Got you. Got you. So, but that was, that was hard. I, but that got was the group I had signed to. Um, mm. That was like I, that was like the last time I was in the music industry. And when I left there, I started doing um, coalition DJs, and that and that all and that all that all became because I got me and Dallas just had some differences. It's happy. And then I just left. I mean, it wasn't no, wasn't no love lost or nothing. We just never was in two different spaces. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with us being in two different spaces, I went and started doing the DJ. And then, I, and then, you know, even with him having me there at the label, it taught me what was the most valuable piece of the puzzle that everybody was missing in the music business. And I seen it. It was, it was the, the DJs. DJs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when I seen how valuable and how how important the role was for a DJ to be in the business, mm. that's when I said, Oh shit. I've been trying to be a producer and make money. This is where the real money is, and this is how I can really help people mm-hmm. accomplish some of the goals that they're trying to accomplish in the music business. So, mm-hmm. And that's how I started doing Coalition. Shit. Um, we could take this a couple of different ways, but that's what's up. That's that's definitely a lot. Oh, that's your phone. Okay. No, that's not me. Who house phone? Oh, that might be my phone. <laughs> I was going to say, I think phone. that's your phone, Ace. That's the other phone. Right. <laughs> but nah, that's, that's interesting, though, man. That's, I actually thought this phone was dead. My bad. Okay, when you get into it. But nah, that's that's definitely interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you get louder and louder. Right. Hey, hang it up. <laughs> hey, hang it up. And, uh, Nah, but that's that's definitely dope. I definitely want to make sure we get into the coalition DJs, of course. But I definitely want to ask your opinion, like just just starting in the in the music business and industry at that time. How have you seen it, of course, change since now? Like, talk about some of them changes. I tell you like this. Um, I seen like when 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 it kind of changed. Like when I first went in the studio, when we was going to the studio, we actually got paid before we actually went in the studio. Mm, oh damn! Shit. Like I would get like back then, I would get paid like maybe five ten thousand before I even made a beat. Oh damn! Well, so I would get my check before I even got in the studio. So it went from doing that to like, well, now I don't even think the producers even get paid. Fuck no! They, yeah, I think they send a tape to somebody and they rap over and if they like it and it blow up, then they get paid. They got so fight just, for their money. Just seeing that process of production, that was one of the main reasons why I stopped in. But the other side of it was the uh, mix show craze when everybody started doing mix show mm-hmm. mixtapes. They started taking a lot of the producer beats and wasn't mm-hmm. paying the producers and was actually just putting their beats on the mixtapes. And that was when I got out. I was like, I can't do it. I, during that time, I had a, I had a child I was trying to support, and just trying to shop beats and put beats on different artists. It's just something I, I, I didn't want to do no more. So. Okay, so I have a question. Uh, when they was paying you before you was in the studio, was you still getting like residuals on those songs? Yeah, yeah you still okay. get, you still got residuals, That's but you know that was just more so your advance. You know okay. What I'm so, but a lot of times, depending on what your position was as a producer that shit will come out on the back end. Like, you will have to recoup that money first. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Depending on, like, now, if you was Teddy Riley or somebody was really getting to it, yeah, you know, that was, like, basically, that was, like, your money. You know what I'm mm. saying? So, yeah, because I think we interviewed a, a lot of producers where they, like, they ain't get paid from a, a hit to, like, almost a year later. They got to fight for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. They got to really but, fight. Um, but that was one of the main reasons why I actually, like, even some of the stuff I do now, I kind of, like, mm. even with my show, I do my podcast, the We Outside show. Mm-hmm. I kind of have artists come on. You know, I know when they come on y'all show, y'all case kind of fun, kind of, you know. You we know. talk about serious stuff too. I really talk, I really kind of focus business. the business For because sure. my one of the main things I like to do is make sure the artists know about the business. That's right. And it's, it's, it's crazy that 
a lot of the artists that you see blow up, they don't know shit about the business until they got money on the table. That ain't when you want to learn about the business. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, you don't want you you don't want to you don't want to learn about the business like when the money right. is on the table because now you got a lot of emotions tied up in that in that you got a lot of friendships you got a lot of shit tied up in that shit. So now you find out not that the person is even ganking you or, or taking money from you. It's just shit, man. This this what you signed. Right. You know what I'm saying? And a lot and and that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow to know you signed some shit and you didn't really understand it. You know what I'm saying? True. And you want somebody to look at it differently, but they like, nah, this is business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seen you, I seen you do one with Lil Donald, and he said something that made a lot of sense, especially nowadays. He, I believe he said something like, yo, why are these like people that aren't popping dropping albums when they don't even got nobody to listen to a full project? Like, you should just keep hitting them with singles to get that a, 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 attention. But, but, but it's crazy. When, when, even when he said that, a lot of artists still don't understand that. They still trying to put out a whole album, and it's like, we live in a single-driven market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even even when you talk about your big your big artists that's at the labels that getting millions of dollars, we live in a single-driven artist. I mean, in market. So even a Beyonce, even a Jay Z, anybody you think they can't really get the momentum they need to build on a record until that single pop. Mm-hmm. So even as an independent artist, you want to take that same approach. And, and a lot of times, artists forget what independent means. Yeah. Independent means I'm gonna do it independently. Myself, I'm gonna do the same thing that the record label would do. Mm-hmm. Not part of what the record label would do, mm-hmm. but what the record label would do myself. Mm-hmm. People think because I'm an artist, that means I'm, I'm begging, you're supposed to do me a favor. No, that means you saying, hey man, I'm gonna pick up the ball because until I get signed, I'm gonna take these costs on. When you look at the masterpiece story, when you look at all these stories of people that got successful from being an independent artist, they took on the role of what a major label would be doing as an independent. So can you name like, Five things you would tell an independent artist they have to do. Because you've been, you been in the label, you, and you're on the DJ side now, heavy. From a, from a- When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. The, the first thing I would do, I would, give, I would give me some representation, especially if I'm serious about it. Before I get a manager or any of that shit, I would want to know the business. The second thing I would do, I would learn about the business. I would go and get me a book. And there's a lot of books. One of the books I like is the... Uh, the business of music. I really like that book um, because it shows you all facets of it. I think even from the publishing side and the chemical side, how you get paid um, and get you a team. My third thing would be get a team. Mm-hmm. Not not your homeboys, not motherfuckers that want to hang out with you and just have fun, but get you a real team and make sure everybody that's on your team play a real part. Mm-hmm. Whether he be a manager, whether he be a road manager, whether he be a nigga that rolled the blunts, but make sure everybody on the team play an important role. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times what I see with a lot of the artists that we, we see come through what we do, it's not them that actually causes the issues, it's the niggas that be with them. That's you know facts. That's facts. So, so um, the fourth thing I would do is um, kind of learn the distribution side or the business side of, okay, what is what do you get for a distribution you know, when you're getting distributed and what what is the benefits of being signed to a major? I think a lot of times... 
if you got real momentum, if you got real momentum, sometimes it might be beneficial to stay independent. For sure. Because, uh, and then a lot of time artists have to understand when you go and sign those labels, are you being signed, being signed to stop you? Because a lot of times they might have an artist out at that time. Damn, I that's crazy, think about right? that. They might have an artist out at the time that they really got real money invested into. Mm. That shit, Joe Record might get in the way. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really that's happening. But you know what? That makes sense though. Like you are I mean, it's business though. Yeah. I mean, shit. That's so just think about how many motherfuckers you know got signed that they got canned. Yeah. yeah, ain't heard nothing else yeah. from them. So just think, I mean, they had great records. You're like, yo, they finally got signed to a label, and they got to the label, and the record kind of just fizzled the whole shit because at that time, just the politics of the music business, they just wasn't, it wasn't a priority. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, if you go in the building, and that's why I, I kind of preach to a lot of the independent artists, before you go in there and take that single deal, make sure you build your record up. Mm-hmm. Build up so you can go in there and demand what you want, opposed yeah. to taking what they're offering. And, and and most of the time, a lot of the artists that go on those deals and they take those deals, they so hungry for the money, $60,000, just think about it. If you got $60,000 invested into a record that you just went and spent seventy, eighty thousand 80000 into, you, you didn't even really make your money back. You really just broke even. Damn right. So was it beneficial for you to sign an independent deal? Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> Smart. Um, okay. No, that's facts, though. Um, talk about forming the coalition DJs. Um, what was some of those um, early hardships and what was some easy stuff you know because i'm sure putting together a group of djs damn like what what, the the hardest shit forming a coalition djs was to get people to believe Mm. that they were spending their money and it was gonna work gotcha because you and this is before everybody started saying they they could break records you know when we came after we formed coalition djs now everybody in the city say oh we break records now Mm. when we came it wasn't a such thing as breaking records we were just really playing records in the club and there was people that kind of just fuck with us that we was kind of friends with mm-hmm. that would go, hey man, listen, I'm gonna give you this, you do this for me. Mm-hmm. So when you see the success of like people like the Migos, Future, and a lot of those people, those were just really just relationships. Mm-hmm. It wasn't nobody going, hey man, I'm gonna drop 10 on you. We were just doing it on like, hey, do us this, we gonna make sure we play the record every night. And that's kind of kind of like how I came up with the formula of, man, let's, let's start a rotation system where mm-hmm. we can spend the records in the club on rotation like a like we we take records now we we spend a record for six to eight weeks mm-hmm. in a in a club. A lot of times when what, what people were doing before they were just actually going in the club, showing the DJ love, thinking that if I came in and showed him love and I, I spent a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars with him, he was gonna play my record after I leave. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, they're gonna be like, thanks for the drinks, bro. So <laughs> they gonna play while you there, but not while you not. Right. So yeah. so that was one of the benefits that we had and. After we start growing and we broke a lot of artists and that shit, we started that we, we created a monitoring system. Um, we started doing we start we was able to monitor the DJs. So if the DJ was playing in Blaze, we could monitor and see how many times he played a record, one particular record in Blaze, or if he played the record, every DJ was monitored. So we kind of started having a system, mm-hmm. kind of like media based, like radio. And then we actually did a deal through a company that we was working with out of New York, um, called Pool with Media Base. So we was the only we still are the only record company, still only DJ DJ record um, record pool, where we can actually monitor the DJs, see where they play the record, and we got to deal with MediaBase, the same company that radio stations use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, major. So, what year was uh, Coalition Channel? Uh, we started. We started in '08. It was four of us. It was me, Nando, uh, Funky, and uh, X-Rated. X-Rated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
Yeah, long live Nando, man. I think right around the time I was coming in was when, you know, everything happened with Nando, but I did get a chance to witness his greatness. Yeah. Um, but talk about Nando for a little bit, man. What's what's one oh, of your man. fondest memories of DJ Nando? Oh, man. The, the shit that kind of locked me in with Nando was, I was kind of like, when I when I left the label, and I, and I told you, I started learning like how important the DJs was. I got a job at Onyx as the day shift DJ, mm. and um, he was the nighttime DJ. Mm. And I was like, shit, I want to get on the fucking night shift. And, but Nando had that shit on lock. It's like, shit, to get on nights if you had to really be the shit. But they would let me DJ on nights here, but it would be like the super dead night. Like, I'm talking about the, the night nobody would be in that motherfucker. So, um, That's fucked up. <laughs> but me and him started to build a relationship because, like, as we, like, I would be in the daytime and he would come in at night. Mm-hmm. So we would cross paths, you know, on the, you know, changing the shifts. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing I loved about Nando, he was the only DJ I ever seen. I've been doing this shit for a long time. This guy actually came to work at like he's supposed to be in there at eight. He would come in at six thirty, and he would bring his own fucking system. Fuck the club. He would bring his own uh, box, the whole shit, and set up his own shit. He would have. He was doing live stream before live stream was even popular. Wow. Nigga had like two two cameras in the fucking DJ booth, three four computers. He was live streaming the whole shit. So even when you go to Houston now, a lot I, I be feeling like a lot of Houston DJs be sounding like Nando because when he used to live stream, niggas used to actually imitate his shit. But um, one of my fondest memories, like in what locked me into Nando, is one night we went to um, we went to Platinum one night after we left work, and he was like, "Come DJ for me." Why I host a bitch slap contest? <laughs> Atlanta, shit. <laughs> Atlanta shit. Atlanta um, shit. That shit be crazy. So, so as he was hosting the big the bitch slap contest, this is like the first time I started noticing. Like, man, motherfuckers is really walking up here to the DJ booth, mm-hmm. spending money trying to get their record played. Like, this shit went on for about an hour. I had like a thousand dollar worth of hundred dollar bills mm-hmm. waiting for him when he got off the stage for motherfuckers that wanted their records played while he was hosting the show. Mm-hmm. I said. Fuck, we could make some money doing this shit, wow. and it just made sense. So when I went home that night, I was like, "Damn, I hadn't even told Nando. I hadn't. Even, I, I was the whole time. I went home like immediately, like, fuck, we could get some money doing this shit.' Mm. So when I got home, I called Funky, and I said, "Funky, man, I, I got it. I got it. We need to form a DJ crew." Funky was like, "Man, I ain't fucking with that shit. I was just in. <laughs> I was just in Hitman and Legion of Doom. I ain't doing mm. no DJ shit." So I went to Funky and I was like, well, give me six months. Give me six months. If this shit don't work in six months, I won't fuck with you no more. I said, but you got to bring X-Rated with you. Hmm. He said, fuck, I got X-Rated. I said, if you bring X-Rated, I'll bring Nando. And during that time, I don't know if it was some little funk between X-Rated and Nando, but everybody was like, oh, man, X-Rated and Nando together, that shit ain't going to last a year. Hmm. And so, shit, we made it past a year. And after we made it past a year, we started seeing, like, the influence of just how important what we was doing in the club. Like the first record we had, which was, um, I think the first record we had was like um, Cashing Out. Mm. That was like the first record we had that go big. And he was the first, he was like the first artist that, that went nationwide that went on like all of the uh, programs. Out. Hell yeah. He was like the first artist that went on all the programs going Coalition DJs, Coalition DJs. And he kind of helped us grow at that point. Mm. And before that, nobody really knew who we were. We was just some niggas in Atlanta that worked in the strip club. But after we got that national attention and that record did so big, that's when everybody was going, shit, I need them behind my record. Then we did Migos. Then after we did Migos, Migos brought us Bando. We picked mm-hmm. Versace. And once Versace went, it was it was over after that. Oh, then yeah. Future, Future was just like doing all this whole shit was going on. While all this shit was going on, Future was there. 
but he was building his own shit. Like, and after we did the uh, Dirty Sprite, after X-rated. Classic shit, I think after yeah. X-rated and um, I think it was X-rated, Esco, and um, I want to say, I want to say, um, Hood Rich, what's my man's name? Oh, King. Uh, nah, 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 Scream, Scream, oh, Scream. Okay, I think Scream okay. was on that mixtape. Okay, I think yeah. they did that. Gotcha. The shit just went crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of like what built our whole, built the steam for us. And then after that, we just kept doing it. And after that, everybody just kept coming. Like we played, so, we played such a vital part in so many other records that we got out of just trying to, you know, oh man, we broke this record, we broke that record. I'm now just trying to move the company more, more so in a promotion and marketing direction opposed to we break records because so so many people locked on to that concept right. to where like to me now that shit if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a big mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your mcdonald's bag as a placemat then that wasn't a road trip it was just a really long drive at participating mcdonald's it's kind of lame so I'm not, you know, we, that's why you never hear us say, we break records. Mm -hmm. That was like our theme I for a minute. That, that yeah, was like, yeah. then somebody stole that, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, but we don't, we don't, um, we don't, <laughs> we don't really, we don't really promote that shit no more. So right. we, like I said, we moving more toward being a promotion and marketing company. That's why you see us now. We do more promotion than we do more so talk about breaking our artists and that shit. Because we build a foundation for the artists yeah, more right. than anything else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So. That's the most important thing to me. It's not about always breaking the record because most records not gonna break. Right. You really gonna build a foundation for that artist to to for, to him to put out another record and another record and another right. record, because in this cycle, like I said, we live in a single cycle. So one record might not break. So you want to be able to put out a second single. Mm -hmm. Most artists be so so persistent about that that one single breaking through, mm -hmm. they leave the room for nothing else to happen after that. How many chapters now? The coalition? Oh, shit. We like in 17 major markets right now. Crazy. Man. Um, We just started the Midwest. We just did the Latinos. We just went to Oakland and did Latinos. some. Latinos. It's your oh, time. It's an inside joke. It's an inside joke. I mean, joke. But, I mean you it's know. It's an inside joke, man. It's, just, it's not inside. I'm scared of you. Fucking just Yes, and I just want to let y'all know, I know y'all tune into our podcast, but we're not just a podcast, we're a brand, right? So we just dropped these new jerseys, TPR jerseys. Y'all need to check these out because they fire. Definitely. So, you know, we started our brand in 2016. It's our five-year anniversary, so we got these cool products that we want y'all to wear right along with us. Hey, I'll be swagged out, man. I'll be telling you wearing my jersey and my cap, man. Look, if you progressive as need to get you some of this merch right here, man. Tap in. Let's go. Damn, oh, okay, go ahead. I like that for you. But we in like 17 markets. We just started the Midwest. So we just did Latino. We just get, did a dude. Um, we got a DJ now in the UK who does a big show Damn. on the uh, BBC. Okay, um, His uh, name is DJ Astonish. We just added him. So we moving. I'm thinking about, I got a guy that I've been knowing for a long time who kind of started me doing Beast was gonna actually start a chapter in Africa, but he was gonna probably do it in Damn. Ghana. So okay, we yeah. just, you know, we growing as we grow. For you know sure. what I'm saying? We're trying to get more business, you know, business minded more so than just right. being known as a DJ crew. That's why you're seeing us do like, you know, we do so many events. Like we was, you know, when you see us, 
we, you know, we started out doing Puma, then we went from Puma to Dutch Master, from Dutch Master to Backwoods. Like now we got stuff we're doing with like now I just got Lyft, I just did uh, BPM Supreme. Um, it's just about the branding, like it's just about changing the game. I think one thing a lot of DJs don't understand, DJing is a big business. It's, it's a multi-million dollar business, but I think as far as hip hop DJs, we locked in on the $500 and the $1,000 a night gigs. We don't understand how big corporate wise. When you see all of these rappers being on all these commercials, mm. that same money is available for us as DJs, but we have to put ourselves in that same lane to go and get that money. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you on a DJ tip, right? So like, like when I look back at it, a lot of DJs are so focused on just DJing and being a, like the best DJ in the club, where I really feel like to make that different money, you gotta hit other lanes. Like even if it's podcasting or like how you said you were producing and actually right. uh, with these labels, can you talk about that? Like, like as a DJ branch and all. Well, I mean, a lot of DJs, like I say, when you even from like I tell the DJs, even in our crew, you know, don't get locked in just the strip club shit. Mm -hmm. Open your ear up a little bit more because once they once you get locked in as a, as a strip club DJ, a trap DJ, yeah. that's all you gonna do. Mm -hmm. That's all anybody gonna come to you to do. Mm -hmm. So you kind of set yourself up for that failure. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if you kind of stay, okay, I go do a birthday party. I go do a party on Edgewood. I go do a party Ladies. over here. You kind of open yourself up to be a little bit more versatile mm -hmm. than just going, oh, man, shit, every time a strip club or some hood shit come available, they calling you, mm -hmm. which is a good thing, but you know the price bracket you're going to stay in with that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, just being a DJ, I always try to stay outside of the price bracket that the everyday DJ get. Like, I won't go and do a $500 gig. I won't go do a gig that I know I'm not going to be able to make the type of money I want to make. So I rather, if I can't make the money, I rather create the party. Okay. Big party. <laughs> uh, speaking of parties, can we break down what New Music Mondays is for the people that don't know? Um, what New Music Monday is, New Music Monday is a platform I created where I let artists come in and uh, they perform three songs, a verse and a hook, and get real feedback from the DJ. <laughs> um, one of the things that we found out from just doing being the Coalition DJs, we was getting so many records. So many people were just bringing us records to get broke. And it was it had became to a point to where the money was good, but the records was whack. Mm -hmm. Boy. So we had to we had to figure out which one did we want. Did we want the money or did we want the reputation of playing good records mm -hmm. or breaking good records? Um I had to we had to really sit down and go, we had to come up with some type of format to where we can kind of filter through mm -hmm. what's good, what's mediocre, what and what's acceptable. Um, so when I sat down, I just said, Nick, when Nick Love was a part of us, we was at a bowling alley. This is no lie. We was in the back of a bowling alley doing, new, when we started new, doing New Music Monday, it really was our meeting that we would have for the DJs. And all of us would actually get together and play music amongst the DJs. Mm -hmm. And I think one day somebody said, I got an artist. He want to come in and play some music. And from that point right there, it just started going, I'll pay to get in that room. Can I get my, I'll pay to do that. I'll pay y'all to listen to my music. And it went from that to like, shit, we went from one person paying to, shit, I remember one week we had at least about 10 artists in a livid ass, like a closet. Mm. <laughs> but we was in that motherfucker just listening to music all day. But it been, but the whole thing about it is we benefit from that because out of that came Young Thug, a bunch of rappers that's big right now. Like the first time I ever heard Young Thug, we was in the back of Metropolitan Bowling Alley. I seen City Girls at New Music Monday, yeah, and when, when I seen them there, 
And I called their manager. They were on that joint too. I was like, they wouldn't even give me no. We the city girls. We here to play well, music. And when yeah, I called well, they, her, they didn't want to perform. You remember they, that? Yeah, I <laughs> and I yeah, called their like, uh, manager for booking, and they was five thousand dollars. Yeah. Just to low. give a little, you know what I'm saying? And that still was like, uh, yeah. I don't know. You Did y'all ever have an artist who came through and y'all was like, nah? But then they end up popping. Hell yeah. Um, Can you name any? Wifey Lucci. Um, the baby. Duh, baby. Um, I remember the baby came and hunched the floor and we was like, Oh my god. Like, <laughs> but we no but I, I won't say we we didn't pick him. We we yeah. actually knew he was gonna be a star because like when you hear the feedback, people was like, Yeah, they were, but when little baby came, he didn't have um dog my dog or none of that shit. Okay. And I remember P pulling me to the side going, Yo man, we gotta make this record happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I like like when when he played when he played Lil Baby for me, I was fucking with it. Mm-hmm. But at the time they didn't have I don't think they didn't have a club record or some shit. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the Lil Baby. I don't really feel Lil Baby. It wasn't the Lil Baby. And I know we were watching performer, we'd be like, he grew like but, but now I think you was there when he when he came, right? Was you? I don't know if I was Possibly. there. Possibly. It was a long time ago. Maybe. But I think he like even like great artists, like even like Older generations of artists, like when you hear them on Drink Champs and stuff, they all say like Lil Baby one of their favorite rappers. So like he nice. came yeah, crazy. Yeah, nah, he came he came a long way. Like so, I always liked the kid, but I just knew like that. I don't know if it was the song he like. Sometimes when you come to New Music Monday, sometimes you just chose the wrong songs. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if he chose the wrong songs. It was just one of them days where he went first. He should have went second or third. You know what I'm saying? Like and it be that it be like that sometimes because. When you're in a room full of DJs, man, and you got DJs that's been in the club all night, now they come in, and, that, and now they got to come and hear your music, and, and they got to be open-minded shit. You don't know what they just went through in that club the night before, mm-hmm. what they just went through. And I think a lot of times people forget that DJs are people, man. They got families, they got kids, they got all that shit. Mm-hmm. Just because they play your records in the club, they still got real life shit going on. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So y'all gotta resurface some of those uh, old videos. I be posting like, a little. I got one with little baby. But okay, yeah, that's facts. hard. Yeah, that's still bad. That's golden. Facts. And do y'all handpick DJs to be a part, or can well, people like? Well, what I do is my process for like getting DJs. You got to be a working DJ. If you're not a working DJ, you really not a. You know, not to say you're not a worthy DJ, mm. you're just not a value to me. Now, what's working? What do you consider like a working? Like you in the club, you okay. got some shit going on, you got some, you know, because if if I get somebody in this room right here to say, hey man, I wanna, um, I want you to get behind my record, mm. I can't put a DJ just at his house fucking making mixtapes. Right. That's not gonna be beneficial to him. Mm-hmm. The benefit of being what we do is making sure that the DJs are in the club. And that the audience can hear the record. You get okay. what I'm saying? And that's the one thing I tell artists all the time. The internet is great. It's a great tool, but when you want people to hear you, you gotta get to the put to the, you gotta get it to a DJ because mm-hmm. that's when the public is gonna give you their perception of what they think of your record. You get what I'm saying? The internet is just open. Like everybody got a phone. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, you stand. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. You stay on a better chance, and that don't mean people are really engaging with the music either. It's like even when you're on Instagram, it's like people don't engage with it. They might just flip past and heard a little piece yeah. of it, but they didn't get a chance to engage with the record. In the club, you engage with the record because now you can't go and hit stop. True. You got to wait till that DJ turn that motherfucker off. Mm-hmm. Mm. True that. True that. 
Um, now, um, one thing that I learned about you, I'm like, all right, Big X ain't always mean. I'm like, okay, his soft spot is his daughter. So talk right. about fatherhood for you. I know that's something that's very sacred to you. Um, shit, I, I just never had a dad. So when I grew up, mm -hmm. I just knew I always wanted to be a father to my child. Um, and I wanted to be a good representation for other black men. Like I, I had a bunch of dudes around me, like I say, I've always been in the mix of dudes and just being kind of like a leader. So I wanted to be the person that showed people it, it's not hard to actually be a father if you actually take the time to do it. And I actually raised okay. my child. Um, I went through a bunch of shit early on as, you know, with the baby mama drama, that kind of shit. I actually did a year in jail. Damn. Um, behind the whole child support, that kind of shit. Damn. But I did it not because I, did, I wasn't paying, I did it because I didn't want to be used as a pawn mm -hmm. for child support. And I, and I really wanted to make a stance and show that me being in jail and you keep pursuing me for child support, if, if I'm in jail, you, you can't get no money. Yeah, I made a So I made a point of showing her that, you know what I'm saying? So after that, she kind of seen, okay, shit, you can't really do nothing. That's the proof of point, that's crazy. But after doing that, you know, I got custody of my child and mm -hmm. I raised her. Now she's going to college and shit. Everything is is That's what hard. it is. And I, like I said, I just wanted to be an example because Funky, you know, let you know, let it be told. I really watched Funky. Funky mm -hmm. was my role model as a father, mm -hmm. trying to as for raising kids. I seen I seen Funky do that shit. In a, you know, he was always been a strip club DJ. He was a bartender before that, but he was always dedicated to his family. And that was the one thing as me and his friendship grew. As me and him, you know, just hooking up, just being friends, I always liked the fact that he put his family first. Right. Respect. Respect. Well, that's what's up that, you know, the college and all that good stuff, that's that's exciting. I know that's Thank, super yeah, huge yeah, for yeah. you. Um, so, yeah. So, we got this question that we like to ask all our guests. We like to ask them to define the word progress. That's our key word. So, what does the word progress mean to you? Uh Progress to me is 14 years of doing the coalition DJs, starting from four DJs okay. to now we're over 200 and some plus DJs. We have a marketing, we are, we are a promotion and marketing company. Mm -hmm. We was featured in the Wall Street Journal, um, front page. Okay. Um, <laughs> Not the bad sir. Okay, front page. Be very um, clear. We have a distribution company. We have a record label. Um, we had a record that charted in the top 20 um, as a company. We have a... Um, you know, we do New Music Monday. We've been doing that for 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, shit, what else? We got, we're, we're doing our, for this year, we're doing our first um, DJ conference. We're bringing in DJs from all over the country. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, we have over 300 registered DJs coming to Atlanta in January for, for our anniversary and and, and uh, summit. Um, and we just, every day we're growing. Like, I promise you, like, I, I never thought I'd be in a point to where I say, damn, man, it feel like every day we're doing something new. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, you, you do something for so long, you go, damn, I'm tired of doing this. Mm -hmm. But we're growing so fast, and we're growing every day to where it's like every day is a new day. Damn right. So, here, we damn, love to hear man. it. All right, well, Big X, man, until the next time, man, we appreciate you for, for coming sure. through Thank and you. chopping it up on the progress support. Um, we definitely will be locked and loaded, you know, yeah. during the anniversary. So, we got to have a show at the No, we got to do it. We did the cipher yeah. last year, so yeah, it's, you know, it's only right. Yeah, y'all had the cipher. Yeah, yeah, no, you yeah. had the cipher for uh, Spring Fest. That was Spring Fest. Yeah, so, right, so we got right, so we right. got to get the show. Let's for, show. We got to have the show for Let's the anniversary. Let's do it. We can't wait. We, we can't wait. Well, we got to just figure out what we're going to put y'all in that liberty ass room. Though. <laughs> we 
Oh, man, I really appreciate y'all for having me. Amen. And good luck and much success on what y'all doing. So, for real, I'm real proud of y'all. Thank you. Thank you. It's the progress support. We'll be right back. All right. All right. So, you start. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.